0: The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at LifeHouseChurch.org. Is there a principle that can guarantee success? Well, at least guarantee success in what matters most. That's right. Let's talk about a principle that can guarantee success in the areas of life that matter most, like, Romance and marriage, parenting, in and, and working well, in discovering a life of purpose, significance, and meaning, in discovering meaning, in earning an income, in working well. Well, let me shift over to my kids and them developing skills and things like, you know, teaching my daughters how to drive or ski, teaching my sons how to mow the lawn, or shoot a compound bow, or swing an ax. The principles are the same, that it's not just practice that makes you perfect, but better practice that makes you better. The key here is that you gotta keep doing it, right? But we're in such a hurry. Our culture's in a hurry. We're in a hurry. And I just recently did a message about slowing down to the pace of God. About learning how to develop the, the discipline in your life of a Sabbath pause, learning how to master the disciplines of silence and solitude so that you can develop stillness in your life. Well, this message is kind of like a part two to that message. It's interesting, as I was preparing for that message, I went back and I listened to a book that I referenced in that message called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, and as I was going through that book, I was listening to it at 1.5 speed. So I thought, as I was going through, the irony of a book about slowing down, and I'm listening to it faster. I did find some good quotes in it that I, I ended up using. But uh, in, a, in a message on a similar topic, one of our pastors, uh, Jason Summers, who was an outreach pastor, shout out to Jason. Um, he, he referenced this idea of having Pop-Tarts and on the back of the Pop-Tart box, there's instructions to microwave it if you're in a hurry and you don't have time to toast it. And you can microwave a Pop-Tart for three seconds and then eat it hot. If your life is so busy and so fast that you need a microwave, a Pop-Tart for three seconds instead of toasting it, things might be out of balance. But I know you and I, we are in a hurry to become experts overnight. We wanna master skills in a day. We wanna get our education done quickly. We we want not just fast food, but we want great food fast. Hey, that could be a tagline for somebody starting a restaurant. And then we wanna fast to lose weight fast we want to get rich quick we want overnight successes and as a result we are in such a hurry to get places and do things and achieve things fast that we miss the power of process which is a guardrail to greatness no instead we don't, we're, we're not looking for the power of process in fact you and i have become medical doctors all in our own right every one of us No offense to those of you that are actually medical doctors here, but you know this as well as we do because you're dealing with people who show up in your office who believe they are medical doctors. Why? Because they read their few favorite blogs written by quote-unquote experts. They've read a few pages from WebMD, and now they, me, are experts in whatever we're studying. We did it quickly, and we know so much. But now we're an expert on whatever it is that we're reading about. And not only are we experts, but we wanna give our expertise to others. So we offer others medical advice. We comment on, on uh, comment boards about the brilliance of our medical insight that we gained in about a half an hour of investigation and reading on the internet. And you know, you can trust everything you read on the internet. No, here's what we see. People who become overnight successes very often become... The next night, failures. Why? Because their talent took them further than the time they had to develop. Their talent got ahead of the time frame. In essence, their calling took them further than their character could sustain. And then there's this crash and burn epic failure as a result of instant success. And this is true in every one of our lives where we where you and I battle the internal struggle between vice and virtue. It's true even of the people that you read about in the story of God as recorded in the Bible. So in this series we're going to be looking at the life of David, some of the guardrails that God had to put in his life in moments when he pushed through guardrails. In order to get to David, you have to go back to Saul. During a season when God was giving the people a king. He gave them a king because they demanded a king. God wanted to be their king. He was trying to lead the nation in a theocracy, government where God rules. God gives laws. God gives prophets because the people needed something to put their hands on because they couldn't just wait on and trust God. Finally, they demand a king. God doesn't want to give them a king because he knows how cruelly a king will treat them. He knows the, the, the tyranny of a king. He knows the jealousy and the pride of kings. But the people demand a king, and so he gives them what they want. He gives them a man that looks like a king, Saul, who is best in class, head and shoulders above the rest. In fact, that's where that phrase comes from. Saul, who stood head and shoulders above all the other men. I mean, he, was a, he looked like a warrior. He looked like a, a fighter. He, his, his shield and sword looked like a king's shield and sword. But as tall as he was in stature, he was short in spirit. As great as he was physically, he was disproportionately weak in his spirit and in his character. He hid when he should have stood tall. He focused on himself when he needed to look out for others. When he should have waited, he rushed in. In fact, there was a, a time when he was told by the prophet Samuel to wait for him to come and offer sacrifices to God. Saul was in a hurry. He didn't want to wait to go into battle, and so he just offered the sacrifice himself and charged into battle. He was prideful when he should have been humble. He f- and, and the story reads this way in 1 Samuel chapter 15. It's the statement of an indictment against Saul. Saul has gone to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor. What? <laughs> Who's supposed to build monuments? People that want to honor someone after they're gone. There are a few examples of this in the Bible, people who made monuments to themselves and every time it ends badly. Well, that's the story of Saul, a guy who is so prideful that he builds monuments to himself and in his own honor. And here's how the story ends for Saul. We're gonna jump over to 1 Chronicles chapter 10, where this is kind of the epitaph of his life. Saul died, because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance and did not inquire of the Lord. Saul is impatient. And because he's impatient, he's unfaithful. And because he's unfaithful, it cost him his calling, it cost him his kingship, and it cost him his life. Impatience and unfaithfulness are the result of a lack of faith, trust in God. Now, contrast the life of Saul with the example of David. As you just keep reading, the very next verse goes like this. All Israel came together to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, even while Saul was king, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord, your God, said to you, you will shepherd my people Israel and you will become their ruler 15 years earlier. What what is the example of David? David is willing to wait. David is faithful. It says of Saul, he died because he was unfaithful. And then immediately the people go, we want to find a king who is faithful. What is faithfulness? What lesson can you learn from this that you can apply to your life that is, the, that is a principle for success in what matters most? Faithfulness. Faithfulness is the power of process. It's the guardrail to greatness. Well, faithfulness is a long obedience in the same direction. Now, I borrowed that one line from the title of a book written by Eugene Peterson. Eugene Peterson, who is also the author of the translation of the Bible called the Message Translation. Probably one of the best parts of that book is the title itself, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Faithfulness is a long obedience in the same direction. I want you to imagine this illustration with me. There's this huge tree that you want to cut down. I don't know why, but you want to cut it down. So you go out there with an ax, not a chainsaw, an ax, and you start chopping, and you're chopping, and you're chopping, and you're getting sweaty, and you're getting overwhelmed. And Some of you, you're, you're, your arms are going to well, wear, wear out faster, and so you give up soon. Others of you, you're crazy and relentless. Your superpower is you refuse to quit like me. You just keep pounding and cutting and chopping and chopping and wood is flying everywhere. But you know, it's a huge tree. And after a while, your arms grow tired and weary and you give up and you walk away from the goal you set out to accomplish. Now, think about it differently. What if you went out and you swung the ax and you hit the tree and chopped it five times, just five times. You didn't do much, but you came back the next day and you swung the ax five times, and the next day, five times. I don't know how many days it will take for that tree to fall, but I can guarantee you this. You go out every day and you chop against that tree five times, eventually the tree will fall. That's faithfulness, which is a long obedience in the same direction, doing the right things that matter most long enough to see them produce something significant. What are the five things that you need to be chopping at every day of your life? Some of you, you're in a hurry. You want the results of a great marriage. You want the results of great parenting. You want to get ahead and advance in your career today. You want to gain expertise overnight. You want the education just to jump into your brain through osmosis, just sleeping on your books. You're hoping that you can gain meaningful relationships in an instant. You want the church to give you what you want right now. Meanwhile, what's needed is five chops today, five chops tomorrow, and five chops the next day. It's a long obedience in the same direction toward what matters most. No, what caused Saul his greatest problem? Well, let's read it again. Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord. He was unfaithful because he did not keep the word of the Lord. In contrast, we have the life of an example of David, right? Now let's think about David, because I'm going to talk about David's faithfulness. But before I do, let's just look at the example of David. David, who is a son to Jesse, but he's overlooked He's so overlooked that really he's treated as a servant shepherd, born and raised in Bethlehem, who becomes a warrior, faces the giants of the nation, kills them, destroys them, is known as a warrior, and eventually, after 15 years, after receiving the promise of the anointing, he becomes the king. The greatest king the nation of Israel has ever known. Well, the greatest second only to another king, born an overlooked son in Bethlehem. But people didn't realize he was the chosen son, and so he's treated as a servant shepherd, the good shepherd, who faced the giants of the people. While David faced the giant Goliath, Jesus faced the giants of sin, death, and eternal judgment. While David used a scorned weapon called a sling, Jesus' weapon to bring peace was the scorned cross. And instead of just defeating giants, Jesus took the defeat of the giants on himself and absorbed our death sentence, our guilt, our shame, and died in our place. David eventually is crowned king Jesus is resurrected, king above all kings, and he wants to be the king of our hearts. So before we talk about becoming successful or achieving success or chopping against the things that matter most, I can tell you the only way you and I will ever experience deep, meaningful success in the things that matter most is if we get what matters most right first. And what matters most is a spiritual success in the deepest, most significant area of our life, our relationship with God. Like Saul, sin has separated us from a relationship with God. Unfaithfulness is the fruit of faithlessness, a lack of faith in God. And every one of us have lacked faith in God that has driven us to unfaithfulness that leads to a sin that separates us from relationship with God and leading to a forever far from God but Jesus gave his life to face the giants of our sin, our death, and our eternal judgment, and then rose the victorious king. Whoever believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven of their sins and given new and forever life. And I wanna pause and just give you an invitation right now. No matter what success you'll ever get, no matter what you will ever achieve, no matter what titles are in front of your name or letters are behind your name, it will amount to nothing and you know it. What I know is this. If you and I gain success without God, we will succeed in things that lead to a spiritual failure. And spiritual failure is the, has the bitter aftertaste of empty success, which destroys our soul. And so God comes. Jesus died to rescue us and give us new and forever life. And the only thing you can do is believe in him, is faith in God. Faith in Jesus, that he died for you, that he rose again for you. And when you put your faith in Jesus, you receive him as your Lord, you receive him as your savior, you acknowledge him as the God who rules as king over your heart and life. I am absolutely confident that there are some of you in our Hagerstown campus, our Chambersburg campus, our Frederick campus, or some of you sitting and you're participating in this service online right now. And you need to pause. And you need to acknowledge Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, as your King. Would you take a moment right now and do that? And if you're making that decision, would you let us know? We're going to put a QR code up on the screen. Would you scan that QR code? And as you do that, fill out the forms that one of our pastors can follow up with you and encourage you as you begin this new journey and relationship with God. And it's just that. It's a relationship. It's a journey. It's the power of process in reconnecting your soul with the God who created every soul. And when you believe in Jesus by faith, here's what happens. God's invisible, eternal spirit comes and lives inside of the part of you that is eternal and invisible, your spirit. God's spirit united with your spirit. And as you begin to live in relationship with God, you discover that he begins to put guardrails in your life for your protection and your blessing. One of those guardrails is the guardrail to greatness, which is the power of process. The power of process is faithfulness and faithfulness is a long obedience in the same direction. It's not getting there quick. It's not getting there in a hurry. It's not getting there, uh, it's not getting to your calling ahead of your character. It's making sure that your character arrives ahead of your calling and that you take the time before your talent can get you there. The example of Saul and David, Saul did not wait For Samuel to arrive to offer the sacrifice, he was in a hurry. He wanted success now. He wanted to win the battle now. And so he offers the sacrifice to God. Why? Because he saw sacrifice to God as an obligation rather than obedience. He was in a hurry. And so when Samuel shows up, right after Saul offers the sacrifice, he says this, to Saul, he confronts him and he says, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. What you discover is that Saul cut corners. He cheated in the little things. He didn't take the time to inquire of the Lord. He didn't take the time to wait on the Lord. He didn't take time to obey God in the little unseen areas. In contrast, you have the story of, Sam, of, of David, who when he comes to bring food to his brothers to serve them, comes and he hears the taunting of a philistine giant named goliath who's mocking israel's god and mocking them and he goes to the king and he says i'm willing to fight and in offering himself to fight he he gives a a quote about uh his 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 what he's done to be confident that he can go against this great giant. And it says this about him. But David said to Saul, your servant, you notice that? He's not building a monument to himself. He goes, I'm nothing. I'm a servant. Has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and I struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. What is David getting at? Here's the key. Faithfulness is obedience when no one sees before everyone sees. Let me me read that again. Faithfulness is obedience when no one sees before everyone sees. Faithfulness is doing the little right things. Faithfulness is recognizing that God commands us to do little things right. The commands of God seem like small little things. Speak kindly. Tell the truth. Don't exaggerate. Don't stretch the truth. Don't manipulate the truth. Act with integrity. Act with integrity when no one's watching. Manage your finances with integrity. Balance your books with integrity. Pay your taxes with integrity. Give generously. Whether it's digitally or through a check, dropping an envelope in the giving boxes. God asks you to do something unseen in giving and in being generous and helping the poor and caring for the sick and and reaching out to a neighbor and doing little acts of service well that no one sees. Why? Because... It's all those little acts of obedience, those little moments of applied character that are the power of process. Your character is developing. You're becoming. You're, you're, you're a servant shepherd who is fighting off a lion in preparation to fight the nation's giants. So here is the key. If you will do the little things, wait, I wrote it this way. If you don't do the little things like they're big things, there will never be big things to do. Did you catch that? If you don't do little things like they're big things, there will never be big things worth doing. So the opposite would be this. Do little things like they're big things and eventually they grow into big things worth doing. So God entrusts greatness to those who treat little like it's much and do their best by faith. You never know which little things will grow into big things, but every act of obedience is a seed a seed that grows into something significant and you know you will never know which seed becomes the tree that produces the fruit that you most want. If you will do the little things that no one else wants to do, it will grow into the things everyone else wants. But you've got to be willing to do the little unseen things as if they're big things. No, what most people do is they cheat on the little things like Saul did, waiting for their big thing. They hold back their best until the big moment comes, and they wonder why the big moment never comes. Because they're cutting corners and they're lacking integrity and they're cheating in places that matter most. And so no, the only seed that's growing is the seed of dishonesty, the seed of, of a lack of integrity, the seeds of mistrust, the, the seeds of greed. And they're wondering why it's producing the fruit that they don't want in their life because it's the only seeds they've been planting. Can I challenge you? There are places in your life where, where you need to get back to doing little things in obedience to God like they're big things when no one sees. What have you stopped doing because no one noticed? Can I challenge you? Would you start doing the little right things again because you know God is watching? Because little things become big things. Would you start doing the right things in your marriage? Would you start doing the little right things in your parenting? Would you start doing the little right things in your finances? in your skill development, in your character development. Now, let me go back to this story. I want to give you one more key principle. First Chronicles chapter 10, verse 13 and 14. I'm going to read this to you again. What, what, what went wrong with David with Saul? Well, Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord, and he did not keep the word of the Lord. Saul was unfaithful. He did not obey God. He didn't listen to God. He cut corners and he cheated on things that mattered even when no one was watching. In contrast, it says this of, of David. It says, And the Lord your God said to you, you will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. David was willing to be a servant shepherd when no one was watching. He was willing to fight the lion when no one cared. Frankly, his family members wouldn't have even noticed if another sheep was missing, but he was willing to go after a lion to get a sheep back. That's the kind of guy I want to be the king of a nation. He was willing to go fight a bear to recover one lamb. Hmm, who does that sound like? Jesus saying, the good shepherd leaves the 99 in safety to go after the one lost sheep. David's reflecting the character of God which is faithfulness. What is faithfulness? Faithfulness is long obedience. Long obedience. Long obedience is not giving up when it gets hard. This is, I don't want to sound cliche, but this is the stay the course. Don't quit. Don't back down. Here's our challenge. Because we live in an instant results microwave society, we want outcomes now. We want to get what we want to get now. And we're not willing to go long enough to see the seed become a tree that produces fruit and the fruit fall back to the ground. We want to pick all the fruit off and then eat it. But what if the fruit needs to fall so that it can produce another tree? What if we're not called just to plant seeds that produce a tree, a fruit-bearing tree, but produce an orchard through our life? Saul cut corners and did things quick because he wanted quick results and it cost him his calling, it cost him his kingship and it cost him his life. Meanwhile, you have David who, yes, he made his mistakes and he made some royal mistakes. But David, even when he failed, he turned back to God. He was faithful and his faithfulness was born out of a faith and as a result, he was willing to have a long obedience Doing the right things long enough. Doing the right things when no one's watching and eventually everyone will watch. Doing the right things because you gave your word. Because you made a promise. Simply because it's the right thing. Doing the right thing long enough because it's what God commands even when you don't get the results you want now or later or even in this lifetime? What if you never got another answer to prayer in this life, but every prayer you prayed was answered in eternity? What if you never got the results you wanted now, or in this lifetime, but you could look back in eternity and see that God had heard every prayer, answered every prayer, and gave you the results of every faithful act of obedience? Would you do it then? If you knew it would last forever? Come on, what promises do you need to get back to keeping? What faithfulness do you need to do long? Can I challenge you? Some of you need to reflect for a moment. You need to say yes again. Some of you need to take the hand of the person that you married or the child that you love. You need to recommit your heart to them, your love to them. You need to be faithful again. You need to model right things again. You need to get back to picking up the ax and doing five chops today and then do it again tomorrow. What are those few things you need to do every day that will matter most later in life and in eternity? What our culture, what our generation, what the world around us needs is a few, I feel like this is a call to, to the Marines, the few, the proud, a few, the few, Jesus loving, faithful men and women. Faithful men and women. People who are willing to have a long obedience in the same direction, who are willing to keep chopping when no one's watching. And eventually, when you fell the trees that matter most, people will take notice. I challenge you to take a moment right now. I I know that you want to just move on to the next thing. Please take a moment right now. God, what are the things I've given up on doing because I didn't see the results I wanted that you want me to start doing again? Jesus, what are the things in my life that I was about to quit, but I need to stay the course on, even if I don't get the outcomes I want now? God, where do you want me to go long when I've been playing the short game? Can you take a moment? Pause long enough to let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. as he's speaking to your heart, would you let me pray over you? Jesus, thank you that you don't rush us and you don't just rush in. You've brought us to a place to slow us down, challenge us to be faithful, to live out a long obedience in the same direction. Help us to recognize those places that matter most where we need to chop just five times today. Help us to focus on those things that matter most. Help us to be faithful when no one is watching and do it long enough. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.